Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with LaRock Cortines. It is Monday, October 31st, hot day. In this episode, we will discuss Leeds United, massive game versus Liverpool, Potter getting out-pottered at Chelsea, and the rest of the Premier League Match Week 14. But first, we got to do the scores. First up, Leicester 0, Manchester City 1. This was a KDB masterclass. City always have problems with Leicester, but they pull this one out. They sat deep and gave City a problem in the last 15 minutes. Classic games, classic goals happen when City play Leicester. I think of Vincent Company. Bournemouth 2, Tottenham 3. Spurs get off the mat. They're down 2 on two-headed goals by the giant um, that is from Wales. And they're down two, but Tottenham rally back on set pieces of their own to get the job done. Amazing stuff. Spurs really needed that. Brentford won. Wolves won. Less talked about this game, the better. Uh, the only thing here was uh, Diego Costa was sent off for a headbutt. He probably did that a million times before VAR showed up and nobody knew. Bre- and then the shock, shock result of the weekend. Potter gets out Potters by his own pottery. Uh, Brighton four. Chelsea won. This was a battering Brighton were fantastic incredible stuff Chelsea uh, did not score a goal late but never really were in this game it was not great for them Crystal Palace won Southampton nil Newcastle continue their assault on the top four defeating Southampton defeating Aston Villa uh four nil and Fulham and Everton play a nil-nil. We don't know how it was nil-nil. I think Fulham took 25 shots. Mitrovic with 10 on his own. And then the final, final big shock of the day was Leeds defeating Liverpool 1-0. And a final result Sunday late was Manchester United 1. West Ham nil. Those are your scores. But first... We have got to go to Leeds to Liverpool 1. Ah, Liverpool. What are we going to do with you, Liverpool? First, let's quickly go through the scores. Scoring scoring here. Rodrigo scores in the first minute on a terrible, terrible blind pass from Gomez. Lots of mistakes. Allison's in the wrong place. Gomez is making a pass. Rodrigo just picks it up and slots it home. Just a giant error. And Liverpool have now given up the first goal in a game for the eighth time in 12 games. So they're already manically up one. Then Salah scores one in the 14th minute. You think Liverpool at home? No problem. Not a thing. Cross comes in from Robertson in the middle of the goal. Sounds good to me. So the game sits at 1-1 for what seems like ever. Sure. Millier's made some saves, but they were not great shots from Liverpool. XG says the same thing. XG is 1.8 for Liverpool to 1.7 for Leeds. So this was a draw, and it was very draw-ish. The shots do come from Liverpool. They do have a lot of it. They are doing a lot of work here. But Leeds are in this game and really pushing uh, Liverpool hard. I would not say that... Leeds did not get their money's worth. They got 14 shots of their own, six of their own on target. Um, So it was not something crazy like that. Uh, Liverpool had the ball, but 
and Manny, you can correct me on this. Manny's our resident Liverpool ennui dark lord. He's hurting inside every time I do one of these shows. Um, I wouldn't say that Liverpool controlled this game at all. Um, they were lacking control. And they were, while they had chances, and I don't think that it was weird. I, I just think that Leeds was was just better. And, and the fact that Liverpool lost a game with both Fabinho and Thiago in the side is something new. Uh, I think Fabinho and and Thiago had been together incredible. They had been bossing and controlling games like you wouldn't believe. And there is this attempt by Liverpool. They're trying to play new systems. There's a lot going on. And I think... Um, well, let me, let me just keep going with the game re- recap. And, and I think that there's more to it. But but leads were worth this point. And late in the game, Crescencio Somerville, with an incredible name, on a cross from another 18-year-old uh, called... Um, uh, who, who's, who crossed the goal? I guess Patrick Banford, but there was a cross from a young uh, African, Denyan Gnotto, an Italian guy, young guy, 18 years old. There's three guys on him. He crosses it in. Banford gets a hold of it, and it seems like the Liverpool defense freeze in the 89th minute, and boom, um, Crescencio Somerville, legend, toe pokes it in. Allison, no save, and there we are. We've got Leeds defeating Liverpool. And just shocking result. I couldn't believe it. I swore that Liverpool would pull this game out. But I think the key thing for Liverpool is to really, and I don't think that this is a weird thing to say, but I think narrative-wise, things are stuck in stone. Liverpool are a high-pressing, attacking, swashbuckling team. I think that team's been gone for a long time. I, and it disappeared in the championship teams. They 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 immediately knew they couldn't play like that anymore. And they could get up for it and do that kind of stuff in big games. But they hung on to a lot of games. And one of the things I remember a lot about Liverpool was how lucky they'd been. You know, you'd get this feeling like, how the fuck are they winning these games? And they would win. And as a City fan, you're like, we're better than them. But I think what's happened here is there's no there there. Liverpool have no gear to get to. I know it's 18 months on or less than a year, seven months away from is this the greatest football team ever? They're going to win f- four trophies in a row. I get that that team's there. But I think that version of Liverpool was almost a mirage. Almost it the damage or the weaknesses were already there. You could see them a little bit. Van Dyke has never been the same since the knee injury. Great, but not the same. Where he was from another planet, and now he's just a regular uh, defender. The addition of Thiago had a moment where it allowed it allowed Liverpool to control games in a different way than they had in the past. Liverpool fans will admit this. Diaz coming in completely revitalized the team, and I think undersold in this run here is Diaz not playing and being hurt is a big deal. He gave them the new Mane energy. And then I think Mane missing and components missing and they're 
they're, the old Liverpool is gone. It's not coming back. They have to become something else. You know, football is a weak link sport. And your weakest link has to be changed. But it's also a strong link sport in that, sorry, and it's, sorry, all the links in the chain are connected to each other is where I want to, where I want to go. If it's a weak link sport, you know, you can't really function if one of the players can't make that simple pass or when you need him to get out of trouble, he gets out of trouble. And not having Mane and the roles changing changes the team itself. Changes the team itself. It can't be what it was. They're finding ways to play. And I think we're seeing that with Klopp. He's he's frustrated. He's trying to find ways. He's tweaking systems. He's he's got Salah in the middle. He's got him out wide. He's trying to work Elliot in. He's he's trying things. He's got Nunez. He's he's fla- not flailing. He's doing what you're supposed to do, which is try and push your team to another place. And I think Liverpool will get there. They're too good. He's too good of a coach. You know, they may finish eighth or seventh or something, but there's going to be moments this season where we see it and something clicks again. But I think he's searching. And I think Liverpool fans are searching. And I think there's a moment of hurt and it's frustrating. And I know what that's like. Uh, City had this after in the 18-19 season where when they lost the season where they lost early to Norwich City 3-2 and Fernandinho played defense the whole time. Scored 105 goals, only gave up 32, but somehow lost nine games. It's just disjointed. Something's missing. And that's when we needed to get Diaz and City changed its identity. Went away from 4-1-4-1 and started packing players in deeper back to the 4-3-3 without being so attacking with more defensive sort of chops. So that's where I think Liverpool are. They're in a searching season, and it's going to be tough. On the lead side of things, God, uh, for American soccer, for for my fans who are not uh, in the U.S., Jesse Marsh, this was a huge deal for American football. Um, Without this game, it may have set U.S. coaches back um, to lose... Marsh, who's our best, youngest coach, who's very American. We have some American in name only coaches, but Marsh is from Wisconsin. He's about American as it gets. And um, the team play for him. They really are playing. It's not a, their issue is a talent issue. Um, They ran hard. They were in Liverpool's face. And Leeds deserved, if not a draw, the win is deserved. So Liverpool, hurting, hurting, hurting. I think the game to go to next, similar in some sense, just from a coaching perspective, is um, Brighton 4, Chelsea 1. Now, the XG says that Brighton shouldn't have gotten all these goals. There were two OGs. Uh, Loftus cheek on 14. So Trossard scored early, really good goal. Then two OGs, Loftus cheek and Chalaba. And then a fourth goal from Pascal Gross at the end, while Chelsea got theirs from Havertz on a cross from uh, from Gallagher. So this game in the first five minutes, 
there's my friend the cricket, was all Brighton. Like, there was nothing... There was nothing that um that could be done. It it seems Potter is searching in the way that Klopp is searching. He's doesn't have time on the pitch. He's doing different lineups. He's got Pulisic and 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 Sterling in the wide areas. And I think he's just trying to flail and find his best group. Whereas Brighton is nailed down. They all know how to play with each other. And I think the wingback thing that um, Chelsea tried just didn't work because that side of things, that defensive area in the wings, uh, Estupan and um, Gross were just, just they were just battering Chelsea. And for the third game in a row, Chelsea had to change their squad in the middle of the game, um, and they did. And so, you know, they had to change how they played. Cucurella moved around. He's just Potter's working on it. I, I trust Potter. I think. Chelsea fans trust Potter. There's a lot of stuff that needed to happen. Um, and, you know, Potter changed it on 64 in the second half. Tried to get things going, but this was a dominant performance for Brighton and Hove Albion. And it's a first win for Deserby. A big deal for him. A massive big deal. And I think fundamentally, Chelsea have had a really fucking weird transfer window for what di- under a different manager with a new owner. And I think that Potter's just trying to figure things out. He knows Cucurella. He trusts him. But Cucurella has been lit up. And maybe he's asking him to do something he can't do. Cucurella played in a four. Or played as a wingback rather than as a central defender. So that's different. Um, But they still aren't quite solid there. I think we know fundamentally that Mount is someone they have to play. We like what Gallagher does. I think without those wingbacks, without uh, Reese James and Chilwell playing, it's not working trying to get Raheem Sterling out on a wing with Pulisic. But Potter's going to try and figure this out. He did it at Ostersunds. He did it at Brighton, and it might be a tough season. But Chelsea do drop while, you know, my beloved Brighton, who I think, now that I think about it, I love Brighton, the team, more than Potter, the manager, I think. I'm not sure. It was just great to see Brighton be Brighton. Uh, Trossard, someone's going to buy him. He's a fucking fantastic little winger, striker, tricky kind of guy. Really, really good. I mean, he is 27. He's not young anymore. So, uh, you know, he's he's to go to a mature team. Maybe Maybe a type of player that could go to Arsenal at the window. And be like a come off the bench guy if you can if he can get a chance to win the league something like that, or a creative player for Man United or something along those lines. I feel like he could fit into those teams. Maybe he'll go to Chelsea <laughs> uh, with Potter again, but we'll see there. Next up, I think um, we'll check on City. City was a had a tough game, but not anything to write home about. No Holland in that game. Leicester were very defensive, played the 5-4-1. City just held on to the ball and held on to the ball and held on to the ball and just eventually wore, wore Leicester down. It was not a good City performance at all. Um, you know, they just sort of 
one of your ho-hums and it just came down to, you know, just came down to a, a free kick on the edge of the box that Kevin De Bruyne, you forget he can do stuff like this. And he just literally from 25 yards out, put it into the top corner where it could not be got. Lester made some changes late, tried to get in there and get the win. No big deal. No problem. Chelsea City move on. There's there's still the class of the league. I think that's pretty clear. Um, but, you know, we'll see where they go from here. I, I expect City to win the league. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's uh, – they have one challenger right now, and that's Arsenal. Arsenal coming at home, just really trash Nottingham Forest. Um, and they were really good. Partey with a goal. Reese Nelson with two goals off the bench. Uh, just a really good performance from an abject, terrible uh, Nottingham Forest. They don't – Nottingham Forest don't have a fight in them yet that comes from players fighting in games with each other. There's no connective tissue. So when things go wrong, they kind of just fold. Uh, Martinelli got a goal, two from Reese Nelson. Partey was an amazing goal at the edge of the box. And then Odegaard smashed one late. Really good, intricate, left, right, left, boom, bang, boom, into the top pins. And Arsenal cruised. This was a complete dominant performance. And more a concern for Forrest. I was singing their praises after they got the win versus Liverpool, but they go away and they turn back into a pumpkin. They still, I thought after the Liverpool game that they'd have some connective tissue to each other that teams that are going to be in a relegation fight need, and they don't seem to have that. Maybe it was too defensive from Forrest. Maybe they, they thought they were outclassed. Maybe they didn't know where to be. I don't know. But players that looked good one day looked terrible the next. Like Ryan Yates was so good against Liverpool, he didn't show up. Um, Jesse Lingard... He's not young, and he chose Forrest over other opportunities, and he's he's bad. He doesn't do shit. Uh, he didn't affect the game. He's not young either. Jesse Lingard's 29 years old. He's going to be 30. So we think of Lingard as young, but he's done. He's over the hill. So he's not a young player anymore. But Arsenal really are the class of the league. Um, I saw a stat that they have the eighth most points after 13 rounds in Premier League history. And no team in this position has ever finished worse than second. So Arsenal are nailed down for a top two finish, historically. Um, and... Most of the teams in their position have won the league. Now, I don't think they'll win the league. Uh, they're still the youngest team in the league, which is crazy to think about. And so, and we're in the weirdest season ever. It's not a normal season. There's a World Cup in the middle of it. So we don't know where things will be. But I think it's pretty clear now that it will, Arsenal will either win the league or finish in second. I don't see. Tottenham, Newcastle, United, or Chelsea, or Liverpool getting up to that level. They're grooved. Unless something happens, you know, unless Odegaard and Jesus go down or they lose 
Saliba or something like that. I just think that they are in good shape. Arsenal are really, really good. And I think the question now becomes, should they even prioritize something like the Europa League? Should they start to recognize where they are and go, you know what? We got a chance to win the fucking league. Let's 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 go do that. Let's go do that. Not you know other stuff. So um, that's what I think about for them. The other game I think we should talk about another game, another 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 one of our top four friends is is the beloved Tottenham who were looking like they were really in trouble. Kiefer Moore is the Welsh giant who scored two goals, one on 22, one on 49. And, uh, you know, Gary O'Neill's got Bournemouth playing really well. I I don't know what to say about them, but they are tough. Uh, they got good players. And he's got them grooved, and he's really caring about them. Now, the XG battle says, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, uh, Tottenham still injuries missing, still not playing well. Uh, you know, Kane and Son are the two biggest goal scorers and assist makers, but also the number one or two shot creators. Their third highest shot creator is pure Emmerich Hoiberg. So that's where they are. They don't, they're missing a creative player. My One of my sons got a goal in this one. So Ryan Sessegnon starts to come back on 57. Ben Davies with a header. And then Rodrigo Betancourt at the death in the 92nd minute uh, puts this game away on a very patient goal. Listen, Tottenham created a lot, but this it shouldn't be this hard against um, against Bournemouth. I mean, Bournemouth we had going down. But, you know, Spurs are still, the performances aren't there. It's very Nuno. It's very Mourinho. Ah, I want, I want Spurs to be better. These two players, Kane and Son, deserve better. And uh, as we go into the next game, and we see how much Christian Eriksen means to Manchester United, you think, God, he was on a free. Could you have just, could you have just brought him back home? Could you have just brought him back home? And, uh, you know, you just see Erickson pulling the strings for um, for United. And you think, God, if he was just at Spurs still, where would Spurs be? Where would Spurs be? You know, where would Spurs be if they just still had our man, our man uh, uh, still there? So a little bit of a crazy one there for Spurs. But, uh, you know, they keep on. They're there. They're there, as we like to say. But I don't think that they've got the horses to really challenge unless they can accept more risk and play to their strengths or get better defenders or something like that. Something's wrong. Anyway, their focus will be, honestly, uh, I'm not really going to get into Champions League, but they have a game against Marseille that is a must not lose draw or win and they're in the group stage so big game for spurs maybe they had their eye on that instead now we do have to talk about our other friend our other friends um in the top six our new friend the the tune army the mighty and powerful newcastle united who just go 
at home, ho-hum. They smack around Villa. All the goals in the second half. Well, Callum Wilson got one on 45 plus six because Emmy Martinez got hurt, uh, did his knee, or got stepped on. Uh, penalty takes it home. Callum Wilson again, Joe Linton, and then Almiron with another wonder crack of a goal. He is just on fire. I think he leads the team in goals now. I think he has seven. So Newcastle just rolling. Uh, only one loss all season. Um, but yeah, Almiron has seven goals, no assists. So he's not really doing as much as you'd want him to. <coughs> but what a goddamn player. And, you know, like I said, he's been there for four years. Really never did much. I mean, last season, the one goal in uh, 30 games. His best tally was four. He's going to double that by the time the week's out. So he's really cruising. Eddie Howe, amazing. And then we know Emery didn't coach for Aston Villa. So he will come back in, and he's got work to do. Um, they are not quite ready. Uh, they got that one game, <clears throat> got that one game bump, got the four goals, and now they go to Newcastle. Aston Villa are still a mess. Emery will get them on track, but that was a bad result. So thank God they got their coach. Um, there's a couple other games that, you know, we got Fulham and, and Brentford and all those teams. Brentford, I'm worried for at home. You'd expect them to win <coughs> uh, against Wolves, but they draw. So they're sort of sitting in 11th, sputtering a little bit. But the bottom half of the league is all really, really tight. And I don't think we know who's going down yet. Um, you feel like Southampton will be in the mix. Leicester are still in the relegation zone. I don't think they'll get relegated. Uh, Bournemouth will probably slip into it eventually. They're on 13. Leeds will probably have to fight into it, but I still don't know. You know, there's still only, you know, two, six, you know, four points between the bottom and the top. So it's all really, really close together. So we'll see where that is. And then Fulham, I have no fear. <laughs> uh, they completely battered Everton, but somehow just didn't get the goal they needed. They took billions of shots, 24 shots. Just couldn't get anything on target. And Pickford made amazing saves. As he does, he tends to be Everton's best player. And again, Everton on the road just can't create anything. Just never do. They'll wait till they'll win their games at home. Anyway, my throat's going. I'm getting tired. Uh... We have a Champions League Tuesdays and Wednesdays. One game that you have to pay attention to. It's group. It's Spurs group. Their game versus Marseille is a must win. Check it out. It's on Paramount+. Plus. I don't get a plug for that. Tomorrow is my basketball draft. I'll let people know how that goes. But that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike and with not Mike and Laurent. We are members of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And FanHub, we love you. Our friends in the UK will listen to you and hear from you soon. And if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show. It makes a huge difference.
huge difference. Also, if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you're on Twitch, like and subscribe. So speak to you soon.